Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often have the opportunity on this program to tell you the stories of Harvest Baptist Church, featuring interviews with our members and other friends of the ministry. Now, you can join us at Harvest Baptist Church this Sunday morning as we continue our Growing in Grace series, and we'll again be talking about grace in my financial priorities. But let's begin the program today by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Welcome, Pastor. Thanks, Chris. It's good to be here again today. Well, we do want to talk about this week's service, and we'll be again getting back into grace and my financial priorities. Why don't you talk to us about that? For those that haven't been at Harvest in a while, we've been continuing a series since the beginning of the year on the topic of growing in grace. It's actually been an overriding series for our entire church this calendar year. And specifically this January, February, March, we've been talking about the topic of grace in particular and just looking at a broad view of what God's Word has to say in this area. And I think our church has really benefited from it. There continues to be a lot of conversation around our people as we're discovering and thinking again and maybe diving a little deeper into what this grace that the Bible talks about so much, what's it mean in our uh, personal lives? And then in regard to financial priorities, I think you mentioned, you know, in that that first part of this section of Growing in Grace, that it might sound strange to talk about grace in regards to finances, but then as we think about our lives and who we are and how we're behaving because of grace, we can kind of see the picture coming together a little. Yeah, and we mentioned the fact that what drew me to this topic originally was the idea that You know, I'd been explaining that the topics that we've talked about, the way this series has pieced together was based on about a year general survey that I did of the scriptures, just looking for grace. And so every time I'd see the word grace or a concept like that in the scriptures in my just normal Bible reading, I would mark it down and put this list together. And of course, grace shows up, you know, page after page of the scripture. Uh, But then I went back to try to combine texts and see themes and times that or topics where grace showed up again and again. And that was the interesting thing, because in 2 Corinthians 8, the passage that we're studying these two weeks, the word grace shows up, I think, four times in a few verses specifically related to giving and generosity. And I thought, you know, when it shows up in that type of uh continuing process, you wonder, you know, maybe God's trying to tell us something. And so that's what originally brought me to be thinking, maybe we should talk about grace connected with our finances and generosity. And that really brought us to the point where we started thinking about the general idea of grace, which is we've received from God grace. We keep talking about this vertical reception of grace and understanding God to me. And the result is if I understand that well, then it's going to change my horizontal relationships. So if the vertical's right, if I understand the grace I've received from God, then I'm going to live out grace horizontally. And the exact same picture is in our finances. If we understand the vertical grace that God has given me everything that I have, not just my checkbook, but my possessions, my family, everything that I have is from God, and I know it's all by God's grace, I didn't deserve any of it, then it allows me to view the relationships around me, even the financial relationships, with the same kind of grace 
that I want to give generously, show grace, even the way that I treat others and care for them. So it's, I think, a direct connection, and it's been fun to talk through it. We'll come back to that this Sunday. The second part, 2 Corinthians 8, verses 6 through 15, that keep describing this picture for us. We should also mention, too, that we're looking forward to Mother's Day next week, and so we'd invite people to be here next week as well. Yeah, this might be a good opportunity to be thinking about only a week away, so if you haven't thought about the way that you're going to try to honor your mothers the next week, this is a friendly reminder about that. And one of the things I would really encourage you to do to invite her to go to church with you, she might like that a lot, and Harvest would be a great place for you to come, and we'll try to honor mothers in a special way and talk about what God's Word has to say about this topic, and really just about God's grace among ladies, you know, so many ladies that we're thankful for. So we want to invite people for next week to be thinking ahead to that as well. Well, why don't you introduce, uh, we have a really a special guest today. Yeah, I'm very thankful to have my dad with us in studio here today. My dad has been with us at Harvest for a couple of months. He came in January to help us with the Bible College. We have several classes that we needed somebody to teach, and a few months before that, I'd reached out to say, hey, Dad, would you like to come to Guam for a few months and help us? And so he's been doing that, and I wondered if it might be good Maybe just for me, I thought I would enjoy having Dad with me today in the studio and talking about a few things. So, Dad, I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome to Harvest again, but welcome to Harvest Family Radio. Hey, it's been a joy to be here. I've I've thoroughly enjoyed the last few months. So, my dad has been a lifetime follower of Jesus. His story is coming to Christ at the age of 16, and uh, then God calling him to ministry and calling him to preach. He was a pastor, a faithful, effective pastor for about 40 years, a little over 40 years. And then as most people would be coming to the retirement years, dad felt like maybe there was another season of ministry in front of him and God called him to missions in particular. Dad, why don't you tell us a little bit about that part of it? We could talk for a long time about the 40 years of pastoral ministry, but what happened after that? After the 40 years of pastoral ministry, I... The Lord opened a door to go with Baptist World Mission as the director, administrator to missionaries and ministries and uh, well throughout Asia, Asia and South Pacific. And uh, it's been a good number of years. I'm based out of uh, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, L- lived there and traveled back to the States a couple times a year to get in on board meetings and a couple things that were necessary, but, but it's, it was a... Uh, very enjoyable to still have a short tail connection to them, though I I am officially retired now. Whether I'm teaching the Bible college or not, I am officially retired now. How old were you when you made that transition to uh, to missions? Oh, I guess I would have been about 62, 63, something like that. Yeah. So most people at that age are starting to think about retirement. I'm not. I was not surprised at the time. I'm not surprised now. But it's an amazing testimony, Dad. Thank you for that. For me. Well, I'm within a few weeks of being 84, and I'll tell you, I have slowed down a little bit recently. <laughs> well, there's a lot of other things that uh, we could talk about of the great testimony my parents have been in uh, my life, and 
I'm one of seven kids, Chris. I'm in the mm. middle of seven kids, and my dad and mom's testimony of just authentic faith, giving their lives sacrificially to serve God, to serve his church, and to care for other people. So I'm thankful for that testimony. But that's another story. We don't have time for that because we have something specific <laughs> that we were going to talk about here today. Dad, we've just recently had well, one family in particular at Harvest, but we've had some other experiences where young parents have lost their children. God has taken them home early. And I was thinking about that this week as I prayed with a young couple that had just this week gone through that, a, a couple connected with Harvest. And that's sensitive, or at least very real to our family. I know it's a lot of years ago, but you and mom had a baby that passed away. And I wondered if you'd just tell us a little bit about that experience. That yeah, you guys actually went it was, it's about 62, whatever, 1957 anyway. But uh, your older brother, Stevie, was, uh, was born. And probably he's... Uh, his ministry, <laughs> short time that he was uh, that he was here before the Lord took him home, he had a ministry to his mom and dad that we've we've not forgotten. But um, we were married, had a little boy about a year after our oldest son was born, a year and a half after he, he was born. Why, we had a second one on the way, and that was little Stevie. And uh, we'd spent first year in seminary. And uh, it had been a difficult year. Where we were, there was just no jobs, difficulty along the way, just difficulty just plain getting groceries and, and, and uh, existing through that first year. But anyway, I, uh, it, it was a tough year. I was young and probably didn't handle it, undoubtedly didn't handle it the way I should have. But by the time I'd come to the year, we... End of the year, I told the Lord that um, if that's the way he treated his servants, I didn't think I wanted any more to do with it. And I uh, found myself a job, and it was, it was a good job. And uh, they, no more seminary. They were going to send me to Northwestern University, get, a, get an MBA, MBA, and I'd go into business. I didn't have to preach and starve and have my family starve. And I was uh, just at a bad, bad point and a bad time in life. And uh, July came around, the birth of little Stevie in July 27. It's there for the birth. The doctors said, you have a healthy baby boy. And we rejoiced. And uh, after having been up all night, boy, I kissed your mother go, goodbye, left her and the baby, and decided to go back and get some, get some sleep myself. I got a telephone call. She said, doctor said, you better come back because Steve's not doing well. And uh, by the time I got there, he was gone. And heaven, of course, but uh, at that point, I, I didn't know what to do. You know, I, but uh, turned around and went, back. We were just getting settled and just moving into a, another place in the area. But I went back to my parents' home, which was right close there. I went up to the upstairs bedroom where I'd spent my growing up years, laid down on the bed that I'd slept on, laid face first on the mattress, and struggled. 
and uh, told the Lord I couldn't understand it. And maybe I deserved it, but uh, I, I didn't know why he would take our baby from us. And uh, certainly my wife didn't deserve it, even if I did. And I struggled with the Lord, but finally, and I don't know how long I was there, but finally, through tears, I told the Lord if my baby had been for less than 24 hours, had come through this earthly life and lived for less than 24 hours, his life would not have been in vain. And I said, told the Lord that I'd go back to seminary <laughs> and, uh, and did. But anyway, back in the state of Minnesota, seldom, uh, well, I, ne I guess I never get back anywhere near that area, but when I go out to the cemetery and uh, go by there, and there are graves of my grandparents, graves of my mother and father, for 60-some years, there's been a grave for, for little Stevie. Now, of course, for the last 20 years and 18 years, why, 19, almost 19 years, yeah, his mother, there's a grave site there, but uh, in fact, his mother and, and Stevie share that grave site. But yeah, it's, um, Lord uses some of these things to touch you and bring you back to where you belong. And I frequently recall the situation over the years. Many, many times have I shared it with, with others that, are, that go through similar, similar experiences. Well, I remember as a young boy remembering hearing that story. And so many lessons, I think, have come back to me, reminded me at different times about that. One was the length to which God went to call you and call mom to follow and to be obedient. And that's, I think, a challenge to all of us. I'm encouraged by your willingness to listen to God. And I know that that was a struggling time for you prior. Hard for a young guy to say, hey, there's a very successful road in front of me here for how God you know, redirected your path. I'm, as much as I regret so far the idea that I didn't have the opportunity to grow up with. Well, I had three older brothers, one more. I don't know. It might have been too much for me. I'm not sure. But um, no, I, I've often thought about how awesome that would have been to have another older brother. Yeah. You know, I had my Bible open this morning and happened to be reading in John chapter 15. And uh, actually, Lord just touched my heart again. And we must be down around verse... 15, something like that. But uh, the Lord said to his disciples, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit. And uh, I sat there this morning and thought there were times, there was particularly a time when I was ready to turn my back on all of it and say, if this is the way the Lord treats his servants, I don't want anything to do with it. And God reminded me that, hey, <laughs> you didn't choose. I called you. Mm -hmm. You didn't choose. And I sat there this morning and just thanked God for his grace that would look past a foolish, perhaps arrogant, 
whatever terms I could use for myself, would look past that and by his grace still choose to call me and to use me. And um, in the last, <laughs> these, what, 60-some years in ministry, I guess, something like that, 60 years in ministry, they've been thrilling years as God has wondrously and graciously, His grace, saw fit to use a human and very human instrument. Dad, I know that for all these years, you know, you talked about 62 years, that Stephen's life and his death has impacted you. I mean, I can remember, you know, watching mom at certain times of year continue to cry as she thought the birthday, you know, Stephen would come by, or maybe I'd hear you tell a story. Mom always had tears as you relayed maybe something about that. So I know that his life and death has affected you emotionally and continued through these 60 years. But I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how you dealt with that. And I know some of it was just the story that you just described about what God wanted you to do, but just emotionally and spiritually, how did you and mom deal with the loss of a baby? You know, you guys were very young at that time too. Yes, I'm not sure that that we really really knew how to deal with it mm-hmm. and i don't i don't recall that we had any counseling on it or, mm-hmm. or anything else i would say once again it was by the grace of god we grieved and it's proper and it's appropriate to grieve but at the same time along with the grief there was a a restoration that was taking place where i said okay lord i'll go back to school okay we'll do this and we started moving in that direction there were others that were raised up that, that, that just came along, alongside of us. A couple of the faculty members in the, in the seminary and others that just came and encouraged us. And so there was another focus that was coming in that, that all of a sudden, once again, there was a, a focus of being called of God and a future of serving God and what God would do. And I think a lot of it was by His grace all of it was by his grace, but uh, I think we it was dealt with in, in two areas. Number one, companionship, friendship that we didn't even know anything about, but all of a sudden they were there and, and we had others to depend upon. And the other thing is optimism, looking to the future. There's something beyond this and being able to trust God to to move forward. But, yeah, the grief stays with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go back. No, I don't have to go back to the cemetery to have tears come to my eyes. Mm-hmm. 62 <laughs> but, years later. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, it's a good reminder of many things, but the idea of how important it is to be a part of God's family in these times and these seasons and for the church to come around you is such an important thing. I think often we hear about people around our island that have tragedies, at least humanly, happen to them. And I and I wonder, how do they survive it without the church that mm-hmm. comes and encourages? And so we're thankful for that as well. And if you had anything that you wanted, that you could say to you know, maybe somebody who's gone through the loss of a child, would there be one thing in particular that you'd want to encourage them in spiritually? Encourage them to just plain make time for the Lord. You're, a crisis like that is a turning point. Mm-hmm. It, it, and uh, 
you can do the right thing, you can do the wrong thing. You, it, it can affect you, it can make you bitter, or it can turn you away from things, or you can find, a, uh, find your solace in the scriptures. You can find your friends in the church. You can find a, a love for God and a realization of his love for you that, in a way that you've never experienced before. And uh, you can pretty much determine, hey, I'm going to go the right direction. I'm going to rejoice in my friends. I'm going to rejoice in my God. And uh, I think it's an area of focus and where you you look. You can can head the wrong direction, too. It can affect you wrongly. Mm -hmm. Well, we're out of time here. We could talk about this and a lot of other things for a lot longer. But, Dad, I guess I just wanted to tell you thank you for the authentic, transparent life that you've lived before me and, and many others, and even today, your willingness to share some of these, after 62 years, some s- sort of raw emotions of the way God led and directed in your life. I know that's an encouragement to me, and I'm confident that those who be listening to this will be encouraged as well. So thank you for that. Well, thank you for giving me the privilege of sharing. And thank you today for listening to Harvest Time. Now, of course, We would like to personally invite you to services this weekend at Harvest Baptist Church. Now, we begin at 9.30 a.m., and at that time, we have children's programs and adult Bible fellowships. And if you're questioning where you need to go or what you need to do next, you can stop at the kiosk, and there'll be someone there that's right out in front of the auditorium. They can help you and point you in the right direction. And then, of course, at 10.30 a.m. Sunday morning, we'll have our Growing in Grace series again, and we'll be talking about grace in our financial priorities, the second part of that message. Now, you can go to our website for more information at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org, and thank you again for listening to Harvest Time.